Sports Now, a Philly fan podcast. My name is Zach, and I'm here again once with Andrew, and uh, we're here post-NFL Draft 2021, and we're going to be talking all the deets about uh, who we got and uh, if we're happy or not. And I got to say, for the most part, I am pretty happy right now, pretty content. I think uh, I think Howie did a good job with at least that very first pick. And other than that, we'll get into it. Um, I I will say, before we go into the NFL draft, I did want to briefly bring up, Andrew and I were talking off pod, but the Phillies starting lineup today is rough. And I just wanted to kind of, like, in a minute, just talk about what the Phillies went from, like, first place in the division Great prospects, great season, and now currently we're sitting, what, third with a record of, hold on, I'm pulling it up real quick, third place, 13 and 15. Um, People that are not playing tonight's game on May 3rd include Bryce Harper, uh, Andrew McCutcheon, uh, uh, Reese Hoskins. Like, it is absurd how many people are missing today. We got Herrera, who's in. We got Boom. Or is it Boom? Boom. boom. I like Boom. Um, <laughs> we got Boom. You know, we got Real Mewtwo's back, thankfully. But, like, oh, my God. It's just, it feels like we're in a bit of a mess right now, Andrew. Yeah, it's it's been a rough last few weeks, I think. Uh, well, first off, Harper is dealing with some uh, wrist issues. Uh, he kind of messed up his wrist on a swing last night. It looked like uh, re-aggravated some of that issues. They're never going to come out and say, I think Reese Hoskins is personally getting benched tonight for his bonehead play yesterday. Um, not paying attention to the guy on third after uh, goes down as a single was a tough play. Could have made the play, but he bounces away from him and he kind of lazily brings the ball back in, cost him a run and uh, Mets go on to have a huge inning there. So huge part of that loss went on Reese last night and I'm a big Reese guy. So um, I'm not trying to say it as a hater. But I think uh, it's, it's important to realize, I, I think that's what it comes down to, is I think he's getting, uh, whether it's just a day off to, to clear his head for whatever's going on, or I, I think it's a, a slight benching there by Joe Girardi to kind of try to wake him up and the rest of the team to say, guys, you got to start going out there. Um, and the same thing with the other guys. We'll hopefully get Gene Segura back here shortly in the next uh, few days. McCutcheon left yesterday's game early, uh, Sunday night's game early, so I don't know if it's a, just another day off or if he was dealing with something yesterday uh, with his leg somewhere in there, obviously coming off the ACL injury uh, about a year and a half ago now, so hopefully nothing that in that end. So it's, it's a tough situation. Hopefully they're able to get back soon. I mean, Andrew, you kind of you talked about it with the Reese Hoskins thing, but uh, I mean, I think this team needs to see some repercussions, you know, they need to see some consequences for how, I, I mean, this is a powerhouse team and we're 13 and 15. This is a powerhouse team and we haven't won two straight games since the April 3rd, April 4th game against uh, the Atlanta Braves. We have not won more than one game in a row since the start of April, that was a month ago. And I just can't believe out of all the series and throughout the month of April, you didn't win two straight games. You didn't win two straight games. How's that possible? How is that even possible when you have the powerhouse that we have with Bryce Harper, JT Realmuto, you know, hashtag sign JT. 
how about hashtag win a game right now, right? Like, I just, it's it's unbelievable. And, you know, I, I don't know enough about Girardi as a manager on whether or not I blame him, but I just think this team as a whole needs to get their shit together. Yeah, I, I think it's a, a tough situation here for this team. It's going to go down, and well, we'll see how it finishes out. I think we, we know the holes in this lineup we saw coming into the year, and you're going to see him go through the year. I mean, your center field production has been pretty bad. We knew that coming into the year. Should, that should have been addressed in this offseason. You're already on your fourth fourth center fielder. I mean, JT's batting over 300. He's in the 330s. He's, like, it's not his fault. He's he's playing fine baseball. I think uh, it's a couple different things. And I, I think one thing, too, is and people not, aren't going to realize. I mean, Zach, you mentioned our division. But if you look at that division, look how mediocre it is right now with not one team above 500. Everyone's basically playing 500 baseball, and that's partially due to the scheduling. I mean, we were on here when we were doing the preview, you, uh, Nick and I, and, all, and we were all talking about how how stacked this division is and how tough it would be to win this division because of how good they are. And part of it's the way MLB set up their schedule. And you think about it, why are we playing five? And I'm not saying this is the only reason. Don't get me wrong. There's a ton of holes left on this team still. But – to play 500 ball, you look at your team, you've played the Braves twice already, you've played the Mets twice already, so you're basically just beating up on each other. So that's why you're looking at this division, you're so close here. So, I mean, basically everything we're saying here, I'm sure everyone's saying uh, in New York and Atlanta as well, just because that's just the way it goes with how how the schedule is. And you've already you played the best team in the NL Central expected to in St. Louis, and you played 500 ball against them. So it's not as big as these holes are. Playing 500 baseball where we are right now isn't the worst thing. It could be a lot worse considering the holes are on this team. So if I'm trying to spin it in a positive way, it's there. It's once you guys, these five got these guys finally come back and stuff. I think this team is going to take off at some point in, in the season. It's just a matter of when. I hope so. And I really, I, I mean, dude, I, 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 we've said it, but I really think this team could go places. I personally think they could at least go to the World Series. And it just kind of, it kind of breaks my heart. When you see, it's not bad. It's just mediocre, mediocrity, you know? And I just want more from that from the Phillies, you know? I, I don't want to see them become, and I'm sorry to our, our fans, our Flyer fans, but I don't want to see them become the Flyers. I'm not necessarily asking them to be the number one team in their division the whole year like the Sixers. I'm just, I'm just, they should do better than mediocrity. is, And that's what they're giving us. Um, that's really all I got to say. I, I, I guess I'm a little worried, a little anxious, and uh, I, I just want to see some improvement. That's all. Yeah, no, I'll be there soon if it doesn't turn around soon, but it's a long season. We'll see how May continues to play out. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, we're going to actually just step away from the Flyers and the Sixers today. I mean, we are uh, going to go back to focusing now on the NFL 2021 NFL Draft. And uh, Philadelphia Eagles, Andrew. Uh, I mean, we're looking at. Did they how? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. So they had nine picks overall. It uh, looks like from here, and uh, you know the number one pick. Uh, let's let's start off with not even the pick itself, but Andrew, your sources were right, and the rumors came true that the Eagles did trade up to get in the top ten. And they ended up getting that number ten pick from Dallas, which holy cow! To get your to get a pick from your one of your rival teams is just unbelievable in theory. But they worked it out, 
They traded up to Dallas. I forget what they gave away the 12th pick and then some other pick, which Third I thought runner. it was a great idea to make sure you got that number one pick, Devontae Smith. I mean, that's when it comes down to getting a weapon for the Eagles. I think everyone, you and I included, agreed Devontae Smith was a great addition to this team. And uh, you know what? Like, I don't, I don't want to get my hopes up yet because I'm, I'm sitting here saying this team's a dumpster fire in the offseason already. But uh, I, I mean, Devontae Smith added to to the team, and I'm feeling pretty good thinking about Devontae Smith, Zach Ertz, Dallas Goddard. You know, uh, uh, Jalen Rager, you know, it, it's it's really uh, Miles Sanders. Like it's uh, the offense is a f- exciting thing to look at right now just from that one addition. And that just gets me, you know, it's the Eagles in me, but that gets me a little pumped. <laughs> but yeah, I'm with you 100%. I think this was we got to give credit where credit's due and we'll get into the rest of the draft. But as far as this pick. Uh, how he, how he aced this pick. Uh, I mean, you basically look at what he did. He turned the sixth pick into an extra first rounder and Devonte Smith. Now, uh, with what he was able to do and getting that pick from the Dolphins from or next season, so that, that's pretty incredible what he was able to do in that way. So I, I was I was pleased with it. I, I think he him and the company in, in that draft room recognized. Okay, everyone's got. I mean, mock drafts and all the scouts are saying the Giants are all in on Devonte Smith, and that's who they're going to go with. So they, they had to do what they did and. And it was kind of funny listening to him talk about, I don't know if you heard any of his quotes after talking about trading with the Cowboys. And he said, yeah, as much as obviously they're in your division, your rivals, this is why you still got to have somewhat good relationships with them. Because in this event, you had to go up and trade with them. So I thought that was kind of funny there. But it's kind of funny. You you tank and don't let the Giants into the playoffs. And then you, you rob them from the guy they wanted as well. It was pretty funny listening to some upset Giants fans after that pick. So it was kind of funny. But uh, no, I think Devontae Smith's going to do wonders for this team. You mentioned it. This this team, can it's going to be a little scary on the offensive end. Uh, listen, I think anyone who listens to this podcast knows this by now. I know you know this as well. I'm big on the veterans. I do want to see them. I'm not saying go out and trade for a top-notch guy in Julio Jones, but I do want to see them kind of bring in a, a long-time veteran somewhere, whether it's uh, – I forget who's out there, still in free agency or, or a small trade, just because I like veterans. And if you look at this receiving core, I think you have – potential on here obviously with smith rager fogum they can turn into something but if you look that is a very young 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 receiving core there so that's why i just i'm high on the veteran leadership there it doesn't have to be a number one but just bringing someone here who can kind of help guide these guys along for a season because even even miles sanders yeah, he's been in the league for a little bit but you turn to him on your running back core and he's a young guy still on the younger side obviously you got zach Ertz, who's been a veteran but He's obviously going to be working with the tight ends more than receivers, so I do want to see something on that line. But th- this was a home run pick by Howie. Got to give him an A on this one. I, I give him an A on the pick itself. I, that that's for that's sure. And, that's and I, uh, I I I actually like. I I think it was the Pat McAfee show. That's how you say his name, right? Pat McAfee. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was on his show. He was talking about. I think he, it was just his uh, his his guesswork, uh, if you will. And he was saying like, you know. You, we knew that the Giants were going to go looking for a receiver, and then it came out they were probably going to look for Devontae Smith. And so the Eagles, I think, you know, they probably – I don't know if it's uh, – I don't know if it's clear who called who, Eagles versus Dallas, uh, 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 Philly versus Dallas. But I think someone called the other, and they were like, look, Dallas was like, we want a defensive player. And then Philly was like, we want an offensive player. You swap with us. We guarantee you we won't steal your guy. And they made it happen. And and I gotta I gotta give that to Howie. I don't remember a draft move for Howie Roseman that 
made me that happy in the moment because he really pulled off something that I had zero faith he could do. Um, uh, but uh, you know, it's 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 it it really comes down to as as much praise as it sounds like I'm giving Howie Roseman. I think another impact, yeah, another part of that is he really just you know he he listened to the the. He listened to the talk in the room, right? Like whether it's his own advisors or his own scouts, or if he just, you know, listened to the general consensus. I mean, the general consensus was the Eagles could use Devontae Smith and everyone knew the Eagles could use Devontae Smith. And it was just one of those things where I'm sitting here and I'm like, okay, I know we could use Devontae Smith, but is how going to come out and be like, yeah, well, we could use wide receiver number four right there. And he's going to be better than him. And he, you know, it's the classic, how he tries to outsmart everyone. But for the first time ever, and we're praising him for it. He didn't try to outsmart everyone, and he just took the number one guy. Man, without question, that's the big thing there. And again, yeah, I give credit where credit's due. Um, I will foreshadow what's to come next. I'm, I'm going to say it's going to only stay here for a round, if I'm going to be honest. But uh, uh, I, I do like what he was able to do on this pick, and it goes to show, like you said, he didn't try to overthink this one. I will say the last time I was excited for a trade he did was probably – I mean, I know it looks bad now for some people, but it was probably the Wentz when he was able to magically somehow go for whatever we were, 16, I think, at the start of the offseason and somehow work his way up to number two and draft what we thought was going to be the franchise quarterback. That was probably the last time uh, on a trade side of a draft. I was probably sitting here saying that was a brilliant move by Allie. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, I can't really argue. I can't really argue. Now, let's uh, I I will say. unrelated to the Eagles real quick it hurt now I know he was excited for it so good for him I guess but it, it did hurt me a little on the inside to see Parsons go to Dallas <laughs> and uh I was like ah oh, man you, you leaving you leaving my home college team for my rival NFL team but he's excited so good for him you know I hope he, he I wish him the best but you know yeah. boo Dallas uh anyway where their other guy went they had two defensive guys go first round uh I'm blanking on where you um the defensive lineman went but yeah he went, i forget i think mid-teens so um at least hopefully he went somewhere you like but with our lucky pal went to washington <laughs> then wasn't there the, the other interesting thing wasn't uh who who got the ohio state quarterback i want to say uh, uh the bears. oh the bears no that's not the one i'm thinking of though i i someone someone drafted ohio state player that i want to say was either dallas or uh new york and I can't remember what player, and maybe I'm just wrong. But it just that kind of thing makes me smile because it's like, ah, when a player comes from a college I don't like to an NFL team I don't like, it just makes <laughs> hating them all the easier. <laughs> um, but yeah, right, right, so Penn State guy went to Baltimore, so yeah, it's a likable team. Uh, no, that's, th- good. that's good. good for him. Yeah, you know, different birds. <laughs> well, you're a Pittsburgh player now, so I guess you got to be careful with the Baltimore guys. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, all right, so so. That was the only round one pick I'm seeing. Uh, the next Correct. pick we got was Landon Dickerson, uh, center from Alabama. Um, Andrew, throw it up there. What's going on? I mean, you saw it in the group chat. I said it was a uh, bad, bad second day for the Eagles, in my opinion. Um, I'm, I've seen from what I've read. I feel like a lot of people are kind of mixed on it. Me personally, here's the thing. So the draft pick is Landon Dickerson, a offensive lineman out of Alabama, and I think. A couple things here. First off, nothing against the guy. I think he can turn into all-star. But number one here is this is something we go into every season. His biggest question mark is availability, his durability. 
his last three seasons in college, again, nothing against the guy, it's just a shame, but some guys are this way. His last three years in college all came uh, season-ending injuries, including this past one where he tore his ACL in this past December in the AC, er, excuse me, SEC championship game. So we don't even know if he's going to be available uh, for this season. Obviously, a tear in ACL, we'll see where he gets. Um, this guy was projected to go late first round, early second, so we got him where he was projected to go. But again, his durability is a question mark. For me, this team needed a guy that's going to go in there right away in the second round and uh, tear it up. And the guys there, and maybe I'm being biased because the guys there were guys I wanted in Asante Samuel Jr. and the linebacker out of Notre Dame or another couple linebackers that were there. So the guys I really wanted and felt that made the most sense for, listen, Zach, you and I talked about it. If it wasn't for a receiver, if Devontae Smith wasn't there, we needed to fix his defense more than the offense. And those guys were there second round who would have went out there and made a statement this season, especially the cornerback. You could have mixed Samuel with Asante Samuel with uh, Darius Slay, which would have been a good mix. Um, and I kind of like, obviously, we know Philly could be a tough place to play. And I kind of like having, uh, again, I kind of read into some of these things. And I kind of liked having Samuel, obviously, Asante Samuel played here for a long time. So he could have helped. Uh, his son kind of make that transition here into the uh, into the a city he played with for a long time, and again I just have questions with Dickerson's uh, durability here and some of his play, and we'll see what and I could be completely wrong. He could have a quick recovery, go out there this season and make a big impact, but I just don't see him starting this year, and I think that's a spot the Eagles missed or missed out on here to be honest. And I would have would have liked to see something different, but we'll see how it turns out. Again, I was disappointed i'd probably grade it a c c plus pick for the second round and i would it's just something you need higher especially with where this team's at picking that high in the second round well let's keep going then on that next day uh the round three pick was milton williams uh how, how you feel about uh defensive tackle from louisiana so this, he's a fantastic player. He's actually, I heard a lot of people thought he was going to go higher, which is good. Again, you get a guy, and this is to your point earlier, I think how he kind of mixed it up here, might have went best player available. And that's kind of what you saw here. To me here again, though, you missed out on, on another position where, I mean, listen, we know we got Fletcher Cox, we got Brandon Graham. We already have a pretty nice defensive line, and you passed up on more linebackers here. And obviously we know linebacker and cornerback has been our biggest concern. And now you sat here through the first three rounds without one. And that, that's my biggest concern here. I do like Milton Williams overall. A lot of people have compared him to some higher guys in the NFL. So I do like Milton Williams overall. And I like this pick better than our second-round pick, if I'm being honest here. So I think that is a good play. So I'll grade this one probably a B minus B just because of the position more than anything uh, was, the, was the biggest thing for me. And, and real quick, uh, the concern here on this pick, and this is one of the reasons why I said that, was I'm sure you saw the video by now. This is where the draft room really seemed upset. <laughs> you see Hallie Roseman kind of jump out of his seat, go around to everybody, and no one seems like he wanted to interact with Hallie. He's tapping people on the shoulder, trying to get him to fist bump him. And then we see him and uh, blanking on his name, but one of our scouts kind of exchange words there at the end of the video. So I think that's that brightened my eyes a little bit and obviously concerning and it shows how much Hallie's controlling that room because they were definitely not on the same page there. And I think, I think you probably saw a lot of guys trying to say, listen, we need some of these linebackers and corners and you see them go with an offensive lineman and a D lineman. So I think it was just two slightly head scratching moves and real quick. I, I like the athletic and it comes from this, this quote comes from them and it says, as far as the draft process go, this this picks a head scratcher. The Eagles have needs up and down the roster. The one area where they've been able to be more or less 
was fine with his the offensive line, and we, we've seen that depth. I mean, you saw the left tackle, uh, Andre Diller, grew down last year, and you had a guy replace him. So I think, again, that's just the concerning part there. And I think when you saw the draft room kind of blow up a little bit, that, that opened up a lot of people's eyes. Uh, yeah, you know, that's that's never a good thing when people aren't on the same page in the draft room, right? That feels like that's the that's the classic Howie draft room is mm-hmm. from what we, we <laughs> talk about, right? Um, I did – so – I don't know much about our next pick. Zach, uh, uh, Zeke McPherson. McPherson, yes. Cornerback from Texas Tech. Uh, glad to see we took a corner. Was this a little late for that pick, though? In terms of your best corners in the draft, yeah, you missed out on a lot of good ones. In terms of this positioning, I actually really like McPherson. He comes from a high-powered offensive conference in the Big 12, so he's been tested a lot uh, through his time. And I Listen, he's an older guy. He's, he's 23, which is obviously a little on the older side coming out of a draft. But for the Eagles, I think that benefits them. For the holes at corner, I think a veteran here who's been around a lot of college uh, NFL top receivers uh, it really bodes well. And he, he, played, he, actually, he actually played for Penn State. I don't know if, uh, if you remember him from over there, but he played for Penn State for a few years, and he was a grad transfer uh, to Texas Tech. So obviously Big Ten is a high-powered uh, defensive conference league, and, and he showed very good signs there. Probably could have been a, a solid pick out of the draft this past year before uh, the COVID season. I think the COVID season kind of hurt him a little bit, but I think this is going to help. I think this is a good pick. This was a good uh, third-day pick for the Eagles. Again, obviously, you missed out on bigger names in the first two rounds, but in terms of fourth-round talent, I really like this pick, and I think Hallie uh, made, made a solid choice here on this one. Now, all right, I'm, I'm going to throw all my cards on the table here. I'm pretty much out of my comfort zone with knowing the players left here. But I will say this next pick is the last one I really paid attention to, and I was very heated. Um, I don't know if you disagree and want to tell me why, but Kenneth Gainwell running back from Memphis. Like, I – we talk about all the defensive needs for this team – and you got a running back right now? I I was not happy when I saw that news drop. I forget if that was Saturday or Sunday. Um, but, Andrew, I don't know. How do you feel about Gainwell? And tell me why I'm wrong, hopefully. Yeah, I think, listen, you're going to sit here and you look at you look at our question marks the previous years. And we, we, never, we always said Miles Sanders never really had that second guy. And we've always been looking for him. And we mentioned how they don't think they trust Corey Clement after his injury. We said how they probably don't trust Boston Scott. And I think this this proves our point on the last season podcast. I personally, in the fifth round, I don't hate this pick. He's a, he's a very good running back. He, he, he played well against top, uh, better teams. Played well in his bowl game. He's out of Memphis. He's a strong back. He rushed for over 1,000. He rushed for almost 1,500 yards last year. Almost had 2,000 yards of uh, scrimmage. And he... Uh, Opted out. He opted out of one season. I think it's and again another. He's 22, another veteran kind of player, very quick. I think he reminds me of for those who know, he reminds me of an Austin Eckler from San Diego when they went, or excuse me, the L.A. Chargers now when they they had those uh, Austin Eckler, Melvin Gordon. So I think he can turn into one of those backs. So honestly, in the fifth round, when you're kind of looking for some of those kind of reach players, I, I like this pick, and we'll see where it goes. I think he was one of the more underrated running backs in this. And some people had him as the four fifth running back in the entire draft. So I think uh, this was actually a solid pick here for, for the team. And I think this kind of goes to show where they're at with the rest of the guys on the team. And I expect him, I expect Gainwell actually to be the number two back next year. 
So, so, all right, a couple of things to go off of that. Uh, one, you said he, some people had him as like four or fifth running back in the whole draft. Yes. To get that in the uh, fifth round, I mean, that's basically a steal. So I'll give you that. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing that I guess disappoints me, but doesn't surprise me. Um, you, you know, you say you think he's going to be the number two running back, which isn't a bad thing. It's not a bad thing at all. However, you get a strong running back like that as your number two. I definitely think this confirms whether it's Howie's decision or Seriani, they're going to lean heavy into the two man running back, uh, two run, two, two man running game. Um, you know, keeping the rotation going. And me personally, I was kind of hoping to help establish Sanders a little more. You know, he's he's got that great game, but he, I just think if he gets more time on the field, he's only going to improve. And by making him not only the number one running back, but like the go-to running back, you're going to see that improvement. But if you if you're telling me Gainwell is as good as he as as good as he sounds, um, I definitely think he's got to be the number two running back. You know, day one and. You're definitely going to go with a two-man run game uh, strategy for the season. I think, yeah, I think real quick where you sit on this now is I think Sanders is going to be a, a very run-heavy back. I think they're trying to help take a little bit of a workload off of Sanders to kind of make him more of, of the every down running back. So I think they, I think you're right on the nose with that part. I really think Gamewell is going to be a big part in the passing game, and I think they're going to try to turn him into a, lot, a big pass kind of heavy back here and kind of come to, come in on certain run situations like that when Sanders actually needs like a big running uh, breathing break or kind of something like that. So I do think Sanders is going to be very run heavy this year, like you were just saying there. I think Gamewell is going to be a big uh, passing back. Cool. Well, and then so I'm going to quick go through, you know, just list the rest of the players and then we can talk about uh, any thoughts you have on them. Because, like I said, uh, this was the last guy I paid attention with with draft because I was a little I was like, all right, that's it. That's enough for me, Eagles. Uh, but round six, we got three players. We got uh, defensive tackle Marlon uh, to Pluto uh, from USC. We got Taron Jackson defensive end from Coastal Carolina. And Jacoby Stevens is safety. Safety. Sorry. Excuse me. And then our last pick in round seven of the draft uh, was Patrick Johnson. Outside linebacker. From Tulane. Uh, like I said, I don't know any of these guys anymore. That was well past. Like, I was barely able to follow Milton Williams's pick uh, when it was happening. But any any thoughts on the rest of our draft picks for, for the Eagles? Yeah, this kind of goes to show why. Again, you look at the end of this draft, and again, this is going to look at kind of position heavy, but you get a defensive tackle. You already got once this draft. Then you get defensive end, and then your last pick's another defensive end slash outside linebacker, so we'll see where we turn it in there. But you're looking at now, what, four defensive linemen in this draft between tackles and edge rushers, and that's what I was kind of referring to earlier in the draft. So you obviously had your mindset on a lot of other defensive uh, edge rushers here and a lot of defensive linemen guys here in this way. So it's important to note that is kind of interesting where they were going at, and they clearly want to stack the line. I do like Marlon uh, Tupelo. I think he's going to be a very good run defensive uh, defensive tackle here. I think he's going to mix in well. And uh, this is right on the nose. This is right what the Eagles have been doing the last few years. They like that um, rotational-style defensive line. It mixes well with what the defensive scheme is going to do. And I think that's was huge on where Sirianni went with the defensive coordinator is it's a lot of similar stuff to what this team has already been running the last few years. So you don't have to mix up personnel too much that way. So I think that was a solid pick. Uh, I think, I think he's going to be another good player. Jacoby Stevens. I think 
they're kind of hoping he turns out somewhere a good late, good late round pick. Hoping he kind of turns in somewhere we can mix have Rodney McLeod kind of teach him here through McLeod's final years in the NFL. Obviously, when he retires, he's coming off that ACL injury and the season and the injury last year. So I think they're kind of hoping Stevens can turn into something uh, in that sense. And then Tulane again, I think Patrick Johnson added Tulane. He's just another depth move. We've talked about linebackers issues here. And we mentioned the, the need, and this this is the first linebacker you see, and he's a defensive end slash linebacker. So he's going to be another – he's a 3-4 scheme type guy, fits your scheme, kind of in that rotational type setting that they'll try to mix him in different uh, different run run gaps and different schemes here, trying to mix him back to a linebacker position. And uh, he just fits the scheme, and I think that's what you kind of look for in the seventh round is who's, who's a guy that might surprise you through there. He, he had 10 sacks last year. Uh, ten and a half the year before that, so a guy that can get through the offensive line a little bit, and we'll see what he's able to do. But I think again, outside it's funny, outside that two three round range, I, I like what how he did in this draft. So it's kind of overall grade, I'd probably give it a, a B there, B a B overall B plus for how he this and company, and obviously the scouts have a lot to do with it too in this in this in this draft. But the the biggest scratch head scratching one to me was that round two pick. So I can't really penalize him too much for that one pick. Because, again, if this guy turns out to be healthy in Dickerson and he turns out to be healthy, he'll be a pretty good player. But, again, just the other positions there is why is that, that's the biggest head-scratching pick for the Eagles was round two, which, unfortunately, is one of the bigger rounds. Well, I was about to say, Andrew, so to go back to that, I, I mean, I've, I already forget, sorry, uh, what exactly you talked about him injury-wise. But, I mean, he had a, he had two pretty severe injuries, one on each of his legs. I mean – that's going to be something that impacts his career as a whole. And, you know, like you said, the second round is no joke of a, of a spot to pick. You know, I, I would say the first three rounds are, are pretty essential. And uh, the second round, maybe even more so than the first, because as long as you're not Howie Roseman, you're obviously going to pick the next best player on the board in that first round. So the second round's when it gets interesting. And, you know, there's Howie being Howie and he picks what someone questionable someone hopeful like i don't know know. it's it's uh it's it's a scary it's a scary thought and we're gonna have to just see how it plays out i will say i i I briefly read up on a couple articles and you know a lot of people do grade the eagles draft this year as as a good good set of candidates uh one one article going as far as saying the eagles had the best overall draft uh out of all the teams um again this second round pick, so I carry off for great. That's the biggest head scratching one. If they would have taken Asante Samuel Jr. to say right here, I'd give this draft an easy A. Exactly, and that's you know it, it's funny because what is a good overall draft? You still have that Howie Roseman pick is really what that comes down to. And I just see us talking about Landon Dickerson, you know, this fall. This fall, we're gonna be sitting here. We're gonna be talking about a. Uh, how he's, you know, maybe he's already hurt or maybe he's not being uh, as useful as we need him to be. I don't know, but uh, it, it'll be interesting. Ho- you, you know, you want to talk about hope? Hopefully I'm wrong. I always <laughs> love to say as negative as I can be, I hope I'm wrong. Um, uh, but with that, I really I really don't have too much else to add on the draft picks. Um, I, 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 the last thing I will say is just to kind of go back to it. I am ecstatic to see Devontae Smith, uh, especially, and we didn't even talk about this, but someone who has a history with Jalen Hurts. Like, I I am ecstatic with that pick. And, yeah, you know, you want to talk about hopeful? I am so hopeful to see that play out. I can't 
Oh, I'm sorry. I keep going back. I keep going back on my word. The one other thing I want to add and genuinely surprised me, and I'm very happy that this did not happen, was I was genuinely surprised and happy that no quarterbacks were taken by the Philadelphia Eagles. (laughs) Gives me a lot of hope for this team not being as lit on fire as it could be. It's definitely still on fire, but not as bad as it could be. Um, yeah, between not taking a quarterback, between getting Devontae Smith, getting what needs to be done, uh, I'm I'm excited. I, this 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 gave me a little bit of hope for the Eagles this coming season, which is dangerous because I I mean, it's this has been a rough off season. This has been well, very rough, and it's very nice to have a piece of positivity to add to the bunch uh, this year. Yeah, my last thing. There's always there's always hope to win the worst division in football. So, it's <laughs> exactly right. It's exactly right. You know, uh, here's hope that Dak gets hurt again. Just you know, not so much that it's severe, but so that the Eagles can win this division. Um. All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening to Philly Sports Now, a Philly fan podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Philly underscore Sports Now. That's at Philly underscore SPRTS Now. That's sports without the O, folks. Uh, yeah, thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, like I said, I think the best way to end this is I am a little hopeful for the Eagles. Um, Absolutely. Maybe, maybe not as hopeful as I am negative, but m- definitely more hopeful than I was a week ago, even. So I'm excited. I'm excited to see what happens. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, find us next week. Uh, again, every we're gonna be uh, every Monday. Uh, we'll figure it out. And on that note, uh, go birds. Go birds. <laughs>